Welcome back to Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. I'm your host, Big Les. Let's talk about the round that was round 19. A bit of controversy to end the round, but a great round of footy nevertheless. Let's go through my team of the week. So at fullback, I've got James Tedesco. He was sensational for the Sydney Roosters on the weekend. Really, really big performance from him running over 300 metres. Really sensational effort from him. So James Tedesco at fullback will get to all the details in a second, but I've got James Tedesco at fullback, Suwali and Josh Adokar on the wings. Josh Adokar, a big game with three tries in this one, and Suwali, just an aerial expert for the Sydney Roosters and had a really tough game. I thought Joseph Suwali had to include him in the team of the week. In the centers, I've got Valentine Holmes and Zach Lomax. Valentine Holmes, big game for the Cowboys today. Well, it is technically today when I'm recording this, but big performance from Valentine Holmes yesterday, I should say. Uh, And Zach Lomax, I thought on the weekend, he was sensational. So I've got both of them in the centers. Matt Burton on Sunday, he was terrific. And Adam Reynolds in the halves. Adam Reynolds for the Broncos, I thought couldn't be replaced in this team of the week. Has to be in the seven jersey. He had an unreal game for the Brisbane Broncos. Adam Reynolds is at seven. Payne Haas and Josh Papali'i in the front row. Two really strong efforts from these two front rowers. Uh, Josh Papali'i not missing a tackle at all in his game as well. So tough performance from him. Damian Cook at nine. Damian Cook, I thought for South Sydney, was terrific. Keon Kaloa Matangi and Corey Harawira Naira. Trust I picked the two back rowers with the longest names for their position in Keon Kaloa Matangi and Corey Harawira Naira. But both of them were sensational on the weekend and a cheeky little try celebration from Corey Harawira Naira as well. Really tough performance from both of those guys. Had to include them in this team of the week. And then Cameron Murray at lock. I thought he was unreal for South Sydney on the weekend. He's my lock forward of the week. On the bench, I have Dane Laurie. Latrell Mitchell, Nathan Cleary, Patrick Carrigan, Egan Butcher, and Dylan Edwards. Another shout that I would have had there that I did have in the list of players to be in the team of the week was Connor Watson. I thought that he played really well off the benches in a 14 role for the Sydney Roosters. And I think that's his best position, really. There's players that are just suited to that jersey. And I think that Connor Watson is one of those. Uh, But a really solid team of the week here with some outstanding performances. I said it was going to be the week of the fullbacks. And wasn't I right? There were some terrific fullback performances and a great round of footy. A great round of rugby league played this weekend. For NRL Fantasy, I scored a total of 726 points, which is actually not too good for me at all. Jake Avarillo ruled out late, and a bunch of players not scoring what I would have wanted them to score this weekend. It was a pretty tough week for NRL Fantasy, and a team that I thought was going to go quite well didn't go too well. 726 points. It's not too bad. It's not too good either. Some of the top point scorers were Payne Haas at 83 points. Pretty decent week for him, Payne Haas. Isaac Tago and Viliami Kikau, 40 and 41 points. Cameron Munster with 61 points. Nico Hines, 67. Dylan Edwards, 47. And Blake Braley, 
59. So not the best week at all. I mean, Davey Mowali scored 11 points. I might actually look to trade him over the next few weeks. Scott Drinkwater, 23. He's been having some off games at the moment, Scott Drinkwater. He might be a bit of a trade going into next week if I do get some trades back uh, as per the rumors from some of the NRL fantasy gurus that I am listening to. So hopefully there are trades returning this weekend so I can get some trades in. If not, I'm in a bit of Barney over the next few weeks. Joseph Manu as well, obviously ruled out of that game for the Roosters as well. So that was a bit unlucky for me. And then Ruben Cotter, I'm still waiting to come back into this Cowboys side. I'm definitely looking forward to Avarillo coming back next week from COVID. Joseph Manu as well. Hopefully that niggle is all sorted by next week so I can have a somewhat full strength side. As I said, still waiting for Ruben Cotter to return. I think he does return either next week or the week after. So very looking forward to his return. And it means I will have a little bit of depth in case there is another injury in this side. But not looking too bad, not looking too good either at the moment with some of the injuries I do have throughout this side. And I am looking to get some trades back next week. Hopefully that rumor is true. But let's get into the week that was round 19. What a round of footy. We started off with the Broncos v the Parramatta Reels in what was an upset. I did tip the Parramatta Reels here. We'll talk about my tips right at the end of the podcast as per usual. But it was 14 to 36 that the Eels did lose to the Broncos. It was really an Adam Reynolds masterclass. He's kicking, not just his goal kicking, but his in-play kicking. Some of the choices he made in attack were spot on. His defense was quite good as well. So a really, really good week for Adam Reynolds. Payne Haas as well with a really solid game in that one. A really, really solid game. 225 meters, 96 post-contact meters, nine tackle busts, one line break, two offloads, 29 tackles, only two missed. So a really solid week from Payne Haas. Corey Oates with two tries as well. I said he was going to score in this game and he ended up scoring two. So really good stuff there for Corey Oates. Still waiting for Selwyn Cobbo to come back into this side. I know he was rested for an extra extra week. At least that's what we're being told. Hopefully he comes back into the side next weekend and we get to see a really, really strong, full-strength Brisbane Broncos side going up against the West Tigers. I can't wait for next week, but let's look at this week. Let's look at this game. Let's break it down. So obviously, Mike Acevo scores in the first four minutes. We're all thinking this is going to be a Parramatta onslaught. Mike Acevo is going to score a few tries in this one. It's going to be unreal. Corey Oates scores, then Payne Haas, then Jordan Rickey. Mind you, that Payne Haas try was an absolute miracle. Patrick Carrigan throwing pretty much a Hail Mary for Payne Haas and then Payne Haas doing what Payne Haas does, showing us a bit of that flair, showing us a bit of that X factor. He's just a genetic freak. That try, that was just individual brilliance, something out of nothing really. It was really good stuff there from Payne Haas. A real miracle, I'll tell you that for free. That pass from Paddy Carrigan could have gone absolutely anywhere. And then the Ricky try, Adam Reynolds just pretty much put it on a platter for Jordan Ricky to score that try. A really, really awesome kick from Adam Reynolds. And as I said, his kicking game was pretty much on point this entire game. It was on 
point, on song, whatever you like to call it. He was fantastic. Six from six in the goal kicking, and his in-play kicking was superb. The choices he made in attack were superb. So hats off to Adam Reynolds. Had to be in the team of the week. Really solid performance from him. Then Will Penasini gets sin-binned, and I thought it was quite fair enough. It was quite fair enough. Holding him down for that long was a bit ridiculous. And then Ezra Mam, what a pass to Kurt Capewell to score that try. What a pass. Being held back, still managing to get the ball away and not throw it forward for Kurt Capewell to run a beautiful line and score that try. Really good stuff there from Ezra Mam. I feel like Adam Reynolds and Ezra Mam are really starting to click as well as a halves pairing. Really, really going well, the Brisbane Broncos at the moment. They could really be a force in this premiership run. I'll tell you that for free. A real force. Getting a win like this over the Parramatta Reels, making a statement going into the next few weeks. Then the second half pretty much started like the first one did. Parramatta scored a try and we all thought, geez, they're going to come back here in a big way. Parramatta, at least that's what I thought. Wonga Blake scoring that try. And this is what I was talking about either a week ago or two weeks ago with Reid Marnie. Just his ability to get out of dummy half, become that ball player, the first, second receiver. His ball playing is pretty much superb and he knows exactly where to be, Reid Marnie. So really, really good stuff to set up that try. It was a team effort, but some of the little works from Reid Marnie, he doesn't get as much credit as he does deserve. He is just so good at knowing what the right play is and when the right play is at that specific time. He's awesome, awesome stuff from Reid Marnie and great effort from the team to try and get back into this contest. Then the Broncos score again. Oates scoring an unreal aerial try in this one. Awesome stuff from Corey Oates. I cannot believe that he stayed in the field of play for that try. Really good stuff from Corey Oates. Another genetic freak and another guy I think really deserved to be in that maroon side. I thought he was quite good in the parts that he did get the ball in game three. I talked about it when I did the game three review, but I thought that Corey Oates, when he came into this side, he was dangerous pretty much every time he got the football because we know what he can do, Corey Oates, when he gets close to that corner. His aerial ability is first-class Corey Oates. We've seen it before, and he did a really good job in Origin 3. He did a really good job the other night against the Parramatta Reels. A really good aerial try there. And then again, a bit of Reid Marnie brilliance tagged on with a little bit of Dylan Brown brilliance to score the third Parramatta Reels try. It was a really good short-side play, seeing the two-on-three, getting it to Dylan Brown, and then Dylan Brown throwing a great cutout pass to Mike Acebo to get his second try in this game. And then the Gutherino mistake. The Gutherino mistake, which pretty much cost them the end. That was really the needle in the coffin for me. The nail in the coffin, I should say, where Gutho, really good catch from a really high kick from Adam Reynolds. Adam Reynolds with a really good chase. And then the chase really put pressure on Gutho, tries to throw a pass out to his winger. It gets shut down by Adam Reynolds, and then Adam Reynolds grubbers in for a try of his own in this game. And a really solid performance, a really good way to cap off that really good performance from Adam Reynolds. A really solid Brisbane Broncos game. A really solid one and this is why I'm concerned about the Parramatta Reels. They do end up choking against sides that they really need to beat, that they really need to beat in order to make their way to a grand final, to a semi-final. But regardless, a really solid performance from the Brisbane Broncos. Paddy Carrigan through the middle as well. It was really a first-class performance, a real first-class performance from the Brisbane Broncos in this one to get the win. Jordan Ricky as well, 31 tackles, one missed. The real stars in this game, though, were Ezra Man 
Lamb and Adam Reynolds. Really solid harvest performance from both of these guys and a really solid performance from the Brisbane Broncos, as I said. Now, the next one was the Dragons v. the Manly Seagulls. I called it. I called it. I called it. Dragons for the upset. Dragons winning 20-6 to in this one. Jake Trevojevic, I knew he was going to be a big out for the Manly Seagulls, and he really was. Ben Hunt with an absolute masterclass for the St. George Illawarra Dragons. And you know what? I'm going to chuck him in that team of the week. I'm going to chuck him in there. Extra player chucking Ben Hunt in that team of the week because he was phenomenal. Phenomenal against the Manly Seagulls and a big part for this win against Manly. Now, Manly started really strong in defense. I thought that Jake Shavojevic wasn't actually going to trouble them as much as I thought. Uh, but you really did see the parts where Jake Shavojevic would have been needed in the middle there. There, and you could see the effect that he does have week in, week out. Ben Hunt scoring the first try, which was pretty much a fluke through the middle, fell over, got back up and burrowed through them for a try through the middle. And then Ben Hunt again straight through the middle. As I said, you can see where they miss Jake Trevojevic. A beautiful kick from Amone and Ben Hunt strolls over straight through the middle of them. There was no fullback there. There was nothing doing there. Ben Hunt literally just strolled straight over for his second try and literally from then on, I knew, I knew that St. George were going to win this game. I knew it. I knew that I was going to be right. Ben Hunt really taking the rails, really taking control of this side and a really good win from St. George. Then Aloye goes over off the back of a penalty. Really good try from him as he burrows straight over through the middle. And then after that, pretty much right till the end, it was a really tough contest. 30 seconds to go and there was a really, really good set from the Dragons. Ben Hunt off to Jack Bird, and Jack Bird throws a beautiful cutout pass to Matthew Fiena to seal the deal, to really seal the deal for the Dragons, and a really good game from them as well. A really statement win that could see them over the next few weeks maybe slide their way into the top eight. I think Melbourne might drop out, and that is a big call, but I think Melbourne could drop out over the next six weeks. They've got Brisbane, the Roosters, the Panthers, and the Eels, which they might lose all four if they keep on this losing streak. So that could give St. George the opportunity to maybe slide up the ranks and get into the top eight. It'd be really interesting to see if that's the way it goes, but Melbourne, it doesn't look good for them at the moment. They could drop out of the top eight, and that is huge. It'll be the fourth time they've done it in the club's history, which is a big thing for Melbourne, uh, but it'll be really interesting to see how that turns out over the next few weeks. I do like their chances, St. George. Looking at their draw now, they've got the Cowboys, the Sharks, the Raiders, the Titans, and the Tigers, and then the Broncos. I think out of those six games, they can at least win three, if not four of those. So very interesting next few weeks for St. George. Maybe they can slide their way into the top eight. The three clubs I'm really thinking will slide into the top eight, it'll be St. George, Manly, or the Bulldogs. I don't think the Raiders will, even though they are in that 10th spot at the moment. I think they will slide down over the next few weeks. I think that the Bulldogs might work their way up the ladder. It'll be very interesting next few few weeks. Very interesting next few weeks, but a great win by the Dragons. The next game was the Knights v. the Roosters in what was a great game of footy for the Roosters. Having a late out in Joseph Manu, Drew Hutchinson had to come into the center spot. It didn't really affect them too much at all, the Sydney Roosters. 42-12 was the scoreline. Roosters 13 plus still with Joseph Manu out of the side. 
James Tedesco, what an absolute freak. He really controlled this game, James Tedesco. 317 metres, 67 post-contact metres, 10 tackle busts, 3 line breaks, 2 line break assists and offload with a try and 2 try assists. Sawali as well, the aerial expert, he was fantastic. 193 metres, 41 post-contact, 7 tackle busts, 2 line breaks, 3 offloads. Great game for Joseph Suwali. Even Luke Keary in his return game, I thought Luke Keary was phenomenal. Really, really dangerous. He is looking much more dangerous than he was in past weeks. I think he has heard the criticism. He is starting to play some good football, especially the other night. I thought he was fantastic. Let's hope he can keep up that run over the next few weeks, especially leading into finals time. They definitely want to keep that number eight spot going into the finals. They definitely want to be in the finals. And if they do get there, they're definitely contenders at least for the top four going into finals time, maybe the second last week of finals. I don't think they get to a grand final, but I definitely think they do get to a semi. Jared Warrior Hargreaves, a big game for him, 114 metres, 36 post contact, a tackle break, 26 tackles, zero missed. Sam Verrills, 43 tackles, zero missed. Sam Verrills, what a big game for him in this one. And then Victor Radley through the middle was sensational as well. 171 metres, 60 post contact metres, two tackle breaks, 25 tackles with only one missed. Nat Butcher, 43 tackles with only one missed as well. The defense was on point. The most amount of missed tackles was three. So a big, big defensive effort for the Sydney Roosters, something they've clearly worked on over the past few weeks because that was a really, really good defensive effort from them on the weekend. As for the Newcastle Knights, I don't think they're going to go anywhere special, unfortunately, this season. They've gone through a lot of spine changes over the past few weeks, particularly this season as well. So they've definitely got to solidify this spine looking forward to next season. Anthony Milford's leaving the club now, so you're going to have to find someone else to play in the six jersey. Adam Clune, I think, is the seven. I think he's done some really good work over the past few weeks. Whether that means you put Kalen Ponga to the six and you find another fullback, or you keep KP at fullback and you find a six, I'd be looking at either Luke Brooks or Jackson Hastings from the Tigers to come over and play that role either in the six or in the seven. I'd be keeping Adam Clune in the spine, though. I think he's a really, really good part of the spine, and I think that he's a really, really good player as well. If I'm keeping Adam Clune, I'm probably looking to get Luke Brooks into the side just for a bit of flair and X-factor. If I'm looking for someone else, I'd probably get Jackson Hastings and then find another half in reserve grade. Probably Phoenix Crossland, to be honest. I think Phoenix Crossland has done some good things when he has come into the side, particularly playing in the halves. I've really enjoyed watching Phoenix Crossland sort of grow in this competition. I think he'd be a great signing for the Dolphins, to be honest, in the halves. Uh, but Phoenix Crossland, if he is the choice going forward in the halves, even Adam Clune and Phoenix Crossland would work out quite well. But they have really got to sort out this spy going into the next few weeks. But you look at their performance on the weekend, it wasn't too bad. David Klemmer, 195 metres, 84 post contact, an offload with 17 tackles, zero missed. That was in 49 minutes of football. So really strong knock, really strong effort from David Klemmer. And I feel like we get this from him every single week. So really good effort there from David Klemmer. I thought the Newcastle Knights as a collective did really well. See what I did there, the collective. Anyway, uh, I thought Newcastle did really 
really well as an ensemble, especially without Kalen Ponga being out of his side uh, due to another concussion, a third concussion for Kalen Ponga, ruling him out eight minutes in. Phoenix Crossland, I believe, had to come in and play fullback. So a really tough one for Newcastle. Hopefully over the next few weeks, they can get some wins on the board. As I said, I don't see them making finals, unfortunately, but some really good football played by them. Even though they have been losing games, especially when Milford's coming to this side, they've really lit up and played some really good footy. Even with KP out due to those concussions over the past few weeks, I feel like the Newcastle Knights are really starting to find their groove. It's going to be disrupted next season, obviously, when Anthony Milford does walk out the door. But they are sort of starting to find their feet, I think, the Newcastle Knights. And hopefully, as I said, they can get some wins on the board over the next few weeks. A really strong performance, though, by the Sydney. Roosters in this one and a really strong win by them. 42-12 what a scoreline. The next game was the Raiders v the Warriors on your Super Saturday. The Raiders getting the win 26-14. The Warriors looked strong at the start. In fact, I think they were leading at halftime as well and the Raiders, they come in, have a really strong second half and get the job done here at JIO Stadium. Albert Hopawadi, Sebastian Chris and Corey Harawira Naira scoring two tries tries. Not often you see a back rower scoring two tries unless it's David Fafita, but Corey Harawira and Ira doing the job here for the Canberra Raiders in this game. And then for the Warriors, it was Jack Murchie and Dejan Arce going over for a try in this one. I'm really starting to get a bit excited for Jamal Fogarty and Jack White, and I feel like they're really starting to click as a halves pairing, slowly but surely starting to click. Over the next few years, I reckon they're going to be a powerhouse halves pairing. I think they really are going to suit each other. And in this game, they both played well. Jack White, 94 metres. 21 post contact, 4 tackle busts, 13 tackles with 2 missed. Jamal Fogarty, 107 metres, 23 post contact metres, 2 tackle busts, 2 line breaks, 1 line break assist, 18 tackles, 0 missed with 2 try assists in this game. Really solid performances from both halves, but a really solid forward performance as well. Josh Papali'i. 118 metres, 45 post contact, three tackle busts, two line break assists, five offloads, 28 tackles, zero missed. And then Joseph Tarpany, 189 metres, 77 post contact metres, six tackle breaks, a line break, 28 tackles, two missed. It was a solid game of rugby league, a solid game of rugby league. The Warriors playing some all right footy as well. Adam Fanua Blake and Tohu Harris. Tohu Harris copping 125 metres, 43 post contact, 44 tackles with only two missed. 44 tackles there for Tohu Harris. Wade Egan getting 45. The hooker average of 40 at the moment. 40 tackles for hookers in this competition at the moment. Really solid stuff from our dummy halves, but Tohu Harris leveling the playing field there with 44 tackles in this game with only two missed. Solid performance there from Tohu Harris in the front row. The thing I'm disappointed most about this game is Reese Walsh only playing 14 minutes in this game off the bench. 14 minutes for Reese Walsh. He doesn't deserve to play 14 minutes when he's been putting in 100% every single game this season for the New Zealand Warriors. To be honest, if he keeps 
being put on the bench, if he keeps having 20-minute games, I tell you what, he would be a big chance of leaving the Warriors early and going to the Melbourne Storm to help them get back into this finals race. But going back to the game, though, a really solid one from the Canberra Raiders. The next one was the Panthers v. the Cronulla Sharks. Again, Cronulla nearly won this game. Penrith just getting a hold of it at the back end. In fact, the Sharks were winning. I think it was 10-0 or something at halftime. And then the Penrith Panthers came back in the second half and really took a hold of this game. Nico Hines was solid, kicking for 634 metres. His kicking game was sublime and nearly won the Cronulla Sharks this game. Penrith getting in their heads here, getting the 20-10 lead. It was only a 10-point win by the Penrith Panthers as well. So I think Cronulla do have to be proud of themselves for most of that game. Nico Hines, especially with the kicking game and the running game, 130 metres in that game as well. The only forward to run over 100 metres in this game as well was Cameron McInnes at 109, but it was a really strong defensive game, I thought, for the Cronulla Sharks. Blake Braley, 60 tackles and one miss. 60 tackles and one missed. Solid game there from Blake Braley. You look at the other forwards and their defensive efforts. Toby Rudolph, 38 tackles, two missed. Royce Hunt, 22 tackles with zero missed. Britton Nakora, 43 tackles with five missed. Wade Graham, 33 tackles with zero missed. Dalfa Nukin, 39 tackles with two missed. Cameron McInnes, 44 tackles with three missed. Braden Hamuelli, 17 tackles with one missed. And Andrew Fafita, 17 tackles with none missed. And keep in mind that Braden Hamanueli and Andrew Fafita only played for 20 minutes in that game. So a solid effort in defense from the Cronulla Sharks. Unfortunately, not enough for the Penrith Panthers. Stephen Crichton ripped to the other part of his ear that decided to fall off after that Dalfinucan hit as well. I tell you what, it gave me Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield vibes for sure. Hopefully they've ended up stitching that other part of his ear if they found it in the grass. Finding a needle in a haystack, I tell you that for free. But, but hopefully if they've found the other part of his ear, they can stitch it back on. But moving on from that, Dylan Edwards was sensational. Sensational in this game. Scoring a try, running for 247 metres, 49 post-contact metres, eight tackle busts. I tell you what, if James Tedesco didn't exist right now, he would be at the fullback role for Team of the Week for sure for me. He was unreal. Now, going through this game, that try from Connor Tracy at the start, Jesse Ramian somehow managing to catch that ball in a cesspool of Penrith Panthers players and then getting it somehow off to Connor Tracy. Then Connor Tracy, that individual effort to get rid of all those defenders to score that try. Really, really good try to start the game off and a really entertaining game of rugby league. So Connor Tracy's try, unbelievable. Then after Matt Moylan sets up the first try with the kick, he scores a try of his own running straight through the Penrith Panthers there. Really, really solid try. It was almost not a try. Mick Ennis thought it was short, but he ended up scoring there. Matt Moylan, a terrific try at that as well. And it gets Cronulla in front, and they were the better side early. In the first 20 minutes of that game, they were the better side, the Cronulla Sharks. 
And honestly, after that Moylan try, I thought that Cronulla were going to win that game. I thought they were going to win the game in a big way. So for Penrith to get in their heads, score 20 points and come back in this game in the second half especially was a sensational effort from them. Isaac Targo scoring just before halftime as well, I think really set the tone for that second half. And Penrith, a really strong comeback and a really strong performance in that game as well. If we delve deeper into that first try as well, Coruscant, you can see the work he does for the Penrith Panthers. He made them think he was going to kick, passed out to Jerome Luai, created so much space for him to score a try himself if he wanted to run it himself. Uh, but he draws in the outside defender, gets it to Isaac Tago, and Isaac Tago pretty much strolls over for a try there. It was a really strong play to set the tone for the second half, as I said. And geez, talking about setting the tone for the second half, they scored in 49 seconds, in four. 49 seconds in that second half, they scored a try. And then Luai with his individual brilliance as well. He had a solid game, Jerome Luai, in that one. Left foot step, really dangerous with his stepping, Jerome Luai. Really, really evasive, and he scores a try to win Penrith the game, pretty much. We move on to the next game, the South Sydney Rabbitohs taking on the Melbourne Storm. What a super Saturday. Raiders v. the Warriors, Penrith v. the Sharks, and then Souths v. the Melbourne Storm. And this one, South Sydney v. the Melbourne Storm. South Sydney keeping that losing streak going for the Melbourne Storm. I just don't think Melbourne can keep up with the amount of players they're losing at the moment. They've lost Ryan Pappenhausen now, which is a key part of their side. And losing him for a second time this season, especially since he's going to be out for the remainder of 2022, I think it is really, really damaging their confidence. And I think that confidence is really what is letting down the Melbourne Storm at the moment. They really have no confidence going into any of these games. They're looking really melancholy and they're looking really average. Latrell Mitchell pretty much just dominated for that whole game, really dominated over the Melbourne Storm and a really strong performance from the South Sydney Rabbitohs, getting their first win over Melbourne in a long while. I think it's about four or five games, maybe even longer than that. Now, while Latrell Mitchell didn't go too well with the goal kicking, he was superb in all other elements of the field, setting up tries left, right and centre. The try scorers were Keon Kaloma Tungi, who I did not expect to score a try in this one. I'll tell you that for free. Alex Johnston scoring two, obviously. When does he not score a double these days? This has to be his 10th or 11th double. He's probably scored double that in his career, to be honest. Then there was Lockie Ilias and then Jackson Paulo scoring pretty much the needle in the coffin. What about the redemption game for Lockie Ilias? I feel like it was really his redemption game. He played 69 minutes, but he had 44 metres, four tackle busts, one line break, one line break assist, 13 tackles, five missed, 362 kicking metres, a try and a try assist to his name as well. Jai Arrow in the back row as well, 173 metres, 61 post contact, four tackle busts, 25 tackles, zero missed. Keon Kalamatangi, 181 metres, 57 post contact, Three tackle busts, one line break, a line break assist, two offloads, 26 tackles, and four missed. Solid game in the back row for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. And then Tom Burgess off the bench, 145 metres, 48 post contact with a tackle bust and an offload in this game as well. So solid it's pretty much a solid game across the park for the South Sydney Rabbitohs in the 24-12 win over the Melbourne Storm. They definitely need to fix something culture-wise in the club over the next few weeks if there are any chance of making finals. I definitely do think, I really do think they could drop out of the top eight over the next few weeks with the draw that they have.
But anyway, going on to your Super Sunday of Rugby League, the first game was the Bulldogs v. the Gold Coast Titans. Josh Adokar having a masterclass, scoring a hat-trick. Jeremy Marshall-King scoring in this game with Matt Burton scoring a double as well. And Toby Sexton, David Fafida, Philip Sami, Patrick Herbert, and so-so Fafida, or Jojo Fafida as he likes to be called, scoring his debut try. As I called it, Big Les, he makes all the big calls. Dave Fafida, did I call him as well? Maybe I did. Dave Fafida and so-so Fafida scoring a try in this game. Each really solid performance from the Gold Coast Titans to stay in this one, but it was a great performance all around from the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. Josh Adokar, 317 metres, 12 post contact, 4 tackle busts, a line break, 3 tries and a try assist. Really, really solid performance from him. Matt Burton, 102 metres, a try, 5 post contact metres, 2 tackle busts, 2 line breaks, a line break assist, 25 tackles, 6 missed. Solid performance from him with 249 kicking metres as well. He did all the kicking in this game for the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. He takes a lot of pressure off Kyle Flanning and I'll tell you that for free. All the front rowers as well running over 100 metres so solid game across the park for the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. If you look at the Gold Coast Titans their forwards all had pretty solid games as well. It was a tough game and a pretty solid game from both teams. It was much closer than I thought it was going to be, but the Bulldogs getting the win there in a really awesome game of rugby league. Josh Adokar getting a water bottle thrown at him in his third try in this game as well. That'll be investigated, but it was a very interesting one from the fans, especially while he's running. It's quite dangerous. He could trip over, do his ankle, do another injury, even though he just came back, technically just came back, even though he played last week from another injury. So pretty dumb there from the fans. But Josh Adokar probably gets the last laugh with the win over the Gold Coast Titans, 36-26. And then the final game, the Cowboys v. the West Tigers. Kept me on my seat the whole time, especially in the last five minutes. And that last call, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. What a call. What a call by Ashley Klein. That was a ballsy call. I'll tell you that for free. The Tigers scored more tries than the Cowboys, but only kicked two from five. Valentine Holmes, four from four with a penalty goal and a one-point field goal as well. Really solid game for Val Holmes. Adding on to the things I just said, he ran for 193 metres, 42 post contact, six tackle breaks, one line break, a line break assist. And four offloads. What a game for Val Holmes. Jeremiah Nanai as well. Really solid game for him. 205 metres, 31 post contact metres, two tackle breaks, one line break, 34 tackles and three missed. Really solid forward dominated game this one. The West Tigers forwards doing a really good job as well in this one. The Tigers nearly won the game. In fact, I would have given that game to the West Tigers. I would have personally called full time and given that game to the Tigers. It was crazy. I can't get over that last call made there by Ashley Klein. It got a lot of hate from Greg Alexander. I won't repeat what he said but it got a lot of hate from Greg Alexander. Got a lot of hate from James Graham as well on Triple M. Got a lot of hate from most of the experts as well who said they would have called full time 
I don't disrespect refs on this podcast. I don't. I know I said Ashley Klein's got a lot of balls. He probably does making a call like that, but I do not disrespect referees on this podcast. It's just something I don't do. So it is what it is. 27-26, the scoreline. The West Tigers only just getting beaten there by the Cowboys in what was a really tight, really close game and a strong effort from the West Tigers. Dane Laurie. Dane Laurie was the highlight, the shining light for the West Tigers. He set up two tries, ran for 184 metres, eight post contact, 12 tackle busts, two line breaks, a line break assist, 10 tackles and only three missed. Solid effort, solid effort from Dane Laurie in this game. I tell you what, I wish I had him in fantasy because he scored 98 points in this game. A solid effort from him. A solid effort from the West Tigers. Unlucky the game didn't go their way in the end, but a really strong effort from both teams. The Cowboys lucky to get that win in the end. We'll go through my tips now that we've gone through all of the games here. I've got 7 out of 8 this week. The only tip I got wrong was the Parramatta Reels who ended up losing to the Brisbane Broncos. I got every other single tip right. So very happy about that one. Very good week of tipping, especially since I was five from eight last week. Really redeeming myself here. Looking for an eight out of eight next week. We'll see what happens, but a great round of footy for round 19. Well,